Welcome to the Mycotoxin Matters podcast from Alltech Mycotoxin Management. As mycotoxins present an ever-increasing threat to livestock production, join us as we discuss these impacts and potential solutions, sustainable farming, and our vision for a planet of plenty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Mycotoxin Matters. As part of a mini uh, species-focused series, we are today exploring more about the challenge that mycotoxins pose to swine producers. To help untangle this topic, we're delighted to be joined by two well-known names in the swine industry, Dr. Hazel Rooney, who is based in Ireland, and Per Lauston, who leads many of the mycotoxin efforts on the Alltech Denmark team. Hazel and Per, it is great to have you with us today. Thanks, Martin. Always delighted to get a chance to sit down and talk to you guys about all things mycotoxins. Yeah, and the same here from Denmark. It's always nice to share information, with, so nice to be here. Very good. Well, let's get started. And um, we're going to begin with mycotoxin prevalence. And uh, both Ireland and Denmark would submit a large amount of swine feed samples, uh, both finished feeds and ingredients, to the Alltech 37 Plus lab at Dunboyne for, for mycotoxin analysis. Maybe you could give our listeners a, a brief insight into what we're seeing in the latest data from, from both countries. And also, have you seen any interesting trends um, over the past few years? Um, Hazel, if you want to get us started with that, and then we'll go across to Pear. Yeah, of course. So um, from our side here in Ireland, we've seen a good number of samples come in kind of over the last seven months. Um, so we've had about, I think it's about 25 finished feed samples um, have come in since January. And overall, Martin, uh, thankfully from our side, things actually do look quite good. We're kind of seeing about seven to eight mycotoxins per sample on average. Um, but looking at the latest TST figures, they're saying about 68% are low risk. Um, and then we've kind of 16% medium risk and 16% high risk. So overall, our finished feed samples on the pig side are looking quite good. Um, when we look then and kind of dig a little bit deeper on the raw material side, again, our barley and our wheat samples, um, overall, they are low risk, but it's the maize that's really um, causing a lot of issues here. So we've had 36 maize samples um, submitted and tested in the 37 plus lab in Dunboyne since January, and almost 60% of them came back with a really high risk. And it's it's the dawn that's driving that risk. And um, so, you know, we've seen samples up as high as 2000 up to 3000 ppm of dawn, which is a huge toxin load in that maize. And maize is one of the, the big ingredients that's used right across pig diets from your sows, your wieners and your grow finishers. Um, so it's coming on, you know, high OREQ and it is causing a lot of issues. So it's one that we're keeping an eye out for. And, uh, you know, we're talking a lot now with our whole mixers that are pulling in a lot of maize and also then with the feed mills as well, just to kind of give them that warning, especially with the new grains uh, coming into diets now in the next couple of months as well. Here, will um would that be a similar picture in Denmark, or, or would you have a different mycotoxin profile? Yeah, more or less. Uh, we got forty-five samples since New Year of uh, small grains. That would be mostly wheat and barley, and the wheat and barley still look okay. Um, though we are seeing some uh, barley samples now coming in a little high of uh, penicillinium mycotoxins. We always seen this this time of year because the silos start to get empty. So in the bottom of the silos, you have the dirt, you have the weed seeds, they're full of mycotoxins. And we also see some farmers that have forget to dry the grain properly. So we see the damage coming now. Um, I'll also see that we are seeing some ray uh, this year full of air 
And uh, that's when we, not normal, but we are seeing a lot of aircraft in the raid this year. But uh, more or less, the small grains are looking okay. Uh, the straw, we are using a lot of straw in Scandinavia down to welfare, and the straw is still a huge issue. We see a lot of done in the straw, and that's on, 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 on high risk, and that's especially used for the sows. But I guess we'll come back to uh, straw later in the conversations. Yeah, we should come back to that pair. It's yeah. been a pretty interesting topic uh, over the last few years, particularly uh, in Denmark. Hazel, so then we, we do clearly see a large range of different mycotoxins in swine diets. You're looking at a multiple mycotoxin risk, an average of six or seven uh, mycotoxins um, per sample. But, you know, we know different species react differently to, to different mycotoxins. Uh, from a pig producer perspective, what are some of the most important mycotoxins that they would be considering in a, in a swine production setting? I suppose, you know, they kind of say there's typically about 500 mycotoxins have been identified over the last uh, couple of decades, but there's definitely some mycotoxins that seem to be posing a more significant threat on the pig side anyway. Um, so that's the likes of your uh, trichotecines, that's particularly Dawn, seems to cause a big issue, and the TT. T2 toxin, um, apologies, in pigs, the likes of your xeralnone, um, fumonazins and the kind of ergot alkaloids as well are the ones that seem to kind of cause a lot of issues on farm. Um, and when those mycotoxins are present in feed, you know, the clinical signs, they can really uh, vary in range from maybe um, kind of less severe symptoms, like you might get a drop in growth performance. Um, but then you can see with, at the higher levels, particularly the likes of your xeralnone um, and your aflatoxins, they can have a big impact on the reproductive performance and the fertility of the sow. So you can always see that um, when the sows eat feed that has high levels of aflatoxins or your xeralnone, um, it can result in things like increased embryonic mortalities. We typically see when we're um, on farms that are having an issues, you get a lot more abortions in the breeding herd um, and it might have an impact then on the number of piglets uh, born alive in the litter. So you kind of see a lot on the fertility side of things. Um, then the other mycotoxins such as Dawn, so like that, we're seeing that a lot now coming into our maize samples. And um, usually the diary or the dietary intake of Dawn contaminated pig feed um, has a big impact on feed intake. So usually see maybe pigs, they're rejecting a lot of feed or um, it can also cause a lot of vomiting. So that toxin can commonly be referred to as vomitoxin um, due to its associated symptoms. So they're the kind of things that, you know, in the clinical signs that you'd be looking out for on farm or that's what a lot of our vets are picking up. And then they're calling us to get the samples tested because they think it's being caused by a mycotoxin issue in the feed. Sure. And within that pair, uh, you know, you you spend a lot of time working with vets in Denmark and, and you spend a lot of time actively working uh, with wine producers and getting out into the, the barns. Would you have anything to add uh, in addition to what Hazel has covered off there around what are the potential signs of uh, mycotoxin ingestion uh, as you walk through those barns? Yeah, I, I totally agree with Hazel with all the, all the signals we are seeing, but also to have folks on the small signals, I, I call them the more hidden signals, you know, a little higher, um, uh, big conversion, little lower uh, growth, all these small things that start to add up and cost the farmer money. Um, we've seen that a lot this year, I guess. And we also see a lot of piglets this year with diarrhea, more or less from when they're born. And we guess that because the sows 
have the mycotoxins and they're transferred into the colostrum and then the piglets are starting to have mycotoxins from day one. So we will see some poor piglets uh, this year uh, because they're more or less born with diarrhea. So uh, yeah, so sows with poor colostrum and uh, piglets with diarrhea from day one, what we are seeing a lot this year in Denmark. It is an interesting one pair. And I think as you talked about that, you know, that concept of mycotoxins at lower risk levels is something that uh, the industry is probably seeking to learn more about. Acute outbreaks or acute cases of mycotoxicosis are becoming more and more rare. And I think, uh, you know, we're trying to learn more about what are the the risks associated with that uh, longer term chronic ingestion. So it's interesting that you're um, you're beginning to see that in your market already. Here, you did talk a small bit about straw already, uh, and it's something uh, I'd like to go into a bit more detail on. And I guess with welfare regulations, straw is now widely used as a bedding material for, for pigs in Denmark, and I think primarily on the south side. You've been doing a lot of testing over the last three or four years uh, of straw that has been used uh, in a, in bedding settings uh, in, in swine production. Maybe you could share some insights on that. Um, it's certainly a, it's a topic that always gets a lot of interest. It's probably the, the forgotten source of many mycotoxin problems. Yeah, for, for sure, Martin. Um, straw in Scandinavia is, is we forced to use straw because of the welfare. And it's cheap to use, all the farmers have in the fields. And um, we started to test it three years ago um, because we have some problems on, on the farms. And we never thought that it could be a problem. But the last three years since we started testing, we have found a lot of mycotoxins and the special done. Uh, we find in huge amounts. And the problem with straw that if you're taking barley or wheat, you have it in your feed matrix, you calculate it. But the straw is not in your in your formulations. It's something you add on top in the barns. So also to figure out how much straw a sow eats is a difficult thing to do. Um, I guess we calculate with half a kilo straw out of two kilo feet. And the numbers of uh, done we are seeing, it will hurt a lot with the sows. And uh, we're seeing this again, poor colostrum, less colostrum, and again, piglets born with diarrhea. And, uh, and also interesting is that the grain from the same field, the barley and wheat are okay, but the straw is full of mycotoxins. So uh, we started to look more into this year to ask more questions when we have the sampling, you know, what are, what are the straw coming from? Is this wheat or is this barley or wind or spring barley? What treatment have it done to the, to the, to the barley and wheat? Uh, so start to ask more questions to see if we can find some issues why we are seeing more market choices in the industry. What is the industry reaction pair to to some of those results that you're seeing coming through with the uh, with the straw samples? You know, are, are producers are, are they engaged with that? Or are they accepting that straw is now a potential source of of mycotoxin contamination? And in general, vets and so on. What what has been the the reaction to that? I think the reaction been enormous we can first of all see in the sampling i think we're sending five or ten samples each week of straw the whole year so i've been well taken that there could be an issue uh, we also seeing farmers now start to make small uh, trials on farm to see if they can protect the straw better and we also you know yeah just start to learn more because it's quite new for us there could be a problem and and of course on the full building hurts is even uh, a bigger problem so yeah, it's, it's well known that it could be a problem. And we also now seeing farmers 
one week before harvesting, go around the fields and take some of the straw to different fields and send into to the post 37 to see which straw is the best this year, what I can use for the for the sows. Hazel, speaking of straw, harvest is well underway in, in many parts of Europe right now. Um, in particular, small grains like wheat and barley and Altec's European harvest analysis is now kicking off across the region. Um, you know, why why what would you say is the importance of of engaging with a program like that and uh, and the importance of um of testing those new crop ingredients that are coming off the fields at this time of year? Yeah, uh, God, yeah, I was just saying that to a few colleagues earlier. I can't believe it's already come around to the harvest again. But I suppose with this, you know, every year and um, that kind of mycotoxin profile in those small grains um, and forages or grass silages, it is always going to be changing. And, um, you know, I've seen a huge kind of shift in weather patterns over the last couple of years, especially now in Europe this year. And, um, you know, this the temperatures are just absolutely soaring. So with those kind of high temperatures um, and the droughts as well that we're seeing in a lot of countries, that's going to have a big impact on the crops that are coming off the field. And with that, you know, we feel that the mycotoxin risk and both the, the load of mycotoxins in those grains is going to change. So I think taking part um, in something like this, like the European Summer Harvest Analysis, it just gives a really accurate view um, of the mycotoxin profile or the kind of contamination that's happening in those newly harvested grains. And I suppose, look, it just gives our own uh, livestock and feed industry a really good picture of what's happening. And then, you know, based on the risk that we identify, they are able to put in, um, you know, really good mycotoxin control programs in place based on what we're seeing in those newly harvested grains. And it's just going to help them to protect their own business and then also the animals then that are going to be consuming that uh, that grain as well. Here, Hazel has touched on the weather there um, and what started out potentially, you know, back in, in April and May as a pretty favourable growing season uh, has changed pretty dramatically. And, uh, you know, we look at the media now uh, across Europe, um, we're seeing continued prolonged uh, extreme temperatures and droughts. What are you seeing so far? Um, have you seen anything in, in samples coming through and probably some small grains harvested in Denmark? Um, any impact on crop quality yet or is it, too, um, is it too early to say that? Yeah, for sure, Martin. We know that the droughts have been enormous this year. We see a lot of damage in the fields. Um, I think some, some fields are having the half of, of normal uh, yield. And we just got the first two straw samples from Denmark uh, coming in last week from New New Harvest uh, Bali. And the two straw samples was again very, very high in IQ on, on done. And uh, that was from fields that was damaged from, from, from drought. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't think I can say I'm looking forward to it, but it'd be interesting to see the grains themselves this year. Is any damage? Um, so yeah, I think the drought can be have a tremendous impact on the market shocks in this year. Um, I also want to add to to uh, Hessen's comments before. Uh, I also think, especially on the south side, it's so important that we control the market toxins now, even even more than before. Also down to the ban of zinc oxide in Europe, we need to have a south that's full function and have the best colostrum. So the more you can control as a quality program like plus seven it'll help you on the long term also down to the sink bank to have some better colostrum. Well, that's a nice way, I guess, to to move into our, our last question today. 
And to wrap up, uh, I'll ask you both for what you would deem as your top tip uh, on mycotoxin control. Uh, and Hazel, if you want to kick us off with that. Um, look, I think mycotoxins are something that we're always going to have to battle with, unfortunately. And when I'm doing a lot of work on farm, I just try and talk to the uh, pig producers just about the basics. So, you know, just you know, simple things like regular cleaning of your feed bins uh, to kind of prevent that old feed from accumulating um, and for those moles to start uh, forming as well. So regular cleaning of your bins and also the simple things like maintaining your feed bins or your store your your feed silos. So you know just trying to keep them in good condition to prevent any leaks, to try and keep all that moisture out. Um, and also just minimize, you know, simple uh, rodent or bird control as well can have a huge impact. And I always kind of go back to the saying you can't manage what you don't measure. So, you know, if they do think that there's an issue on farm, you know, it's such a great tool to be able to send samples into our 37 plus lab um, in Dunboyne. So we can actually help our customers to identify what that level of mycotoxin contamination is. And then based on that risk, then we're actually, you know, we're able to help them then put in their optimal control programs in place. So keep things clean and maintain your facilities and get your uh, raw materials tested. Pierre, what would you add to that? Yeah, I'll also add that, you know, the farms, the pig farms, the sow farms is getting bigger and bigger. And it's like small feed mills, you know, and all feed mills have a quality program to have to test the mycotoxins and the same should the farmers because it is small feed mills. So they need to test the grains. And also, if you're testing your grains for mycotoxins, you also know the level. And if you're using a binder, you know how much to use. And you also know which binder you should use. Uh, if you can't test, you'll just fight, in, fight, fight blind, you know. You need to know what you're dealing with. And that can you only do with testing, testing, and testing. A pretty strong message to finish on, Per. Um, well, Per and Hazel, uh, thank you both for joining today and sharing such valuable insights. And uh, yes, if you don't already follow Per and Hazel on LinkedIn, I would encourage you to, to get out your phones and do that. They have both built quite a following with their, their mycotoxin-related content. And to our listeners, uh, we thank you once again for joining. We hope you've enjoyed today's conversation and we'll be back next month with another episode of Mycotoxin Matters. Thanks thank for you. Morning. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed listening today and look forward to you joining us next time on the Mycotoxin Matters podcast. For more information on the topics discussed, please visit nomycotoxins.com. That's K-N-O-W mycotoxins.com.